0: Have you ever noticed how we're different and the same, and the same, and we're different, and we're different, and the same? All kinds of people. people. All kinds of people. people. All kinds of people in the world.
1: Now, on the Talk of Muncie WMUN, All Kinds of People, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Hey, hey, hey everybody, good morning and welcome to all kinds of people on WMUN. A Talk of Muncie, and I am happy to have Betty Brewer with us in the studio. Betty, thanks for coming down to Woof Boom Studios to be with us on All Kinds of People.
0: Good morning, Dr. Joe. I'm more than happy to do that. I feel like all kinds of people. (laughs) Yes, I know.
1: (laughs) It's a little early in the morning, thank you, but we're doing fine. And um, Many of you know um, from visiting Minnetrista's Cultural Center that Betty was the CEO of that Um, Center um, for quite a few years, thank you.
0: About 17 and a half. Yeah, 17 and (laughs) a half,
1: winding up last December? Yes. Yes. Um, What's it been like being away for a little bit?
0: Well, I was actually telling a former staff member just yesterday, it's kind of bittersweet. Um, I think I've got the... uh, the part about retirement of doing nothing—I think I think I've got that down, Pat. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Was that an easy adjustment? <laughs> well, you know,
0: there were a couple of health challenges early on, and so that that became a forced adjustment. Sure, sure. sure. Um, but now I need to find my my new path, whatever that might be, and uh, finish up a couple of projects that I actually promised Metatrista I'd do, and. Clean the house. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, of course, you've got a lot of time to do that now. Thank you. But um, way back when, um, raised in northern Virginia.
0: Yeah, um, way back when.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, not too far back. But um, with two siblings, two brothers, actually. And I think you once told me you were the mediator of the family with the two brothers. But. Recall a few things growing up back in those elementary school days and with the brothers and...
0: Boys, I tell you. Boys? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was was indeed the middle child, five years on either side of me. Um, My mom was determined to have three kids, whether the doctor wanted her to or not, so she did. (laughs) Um, My older brother, um, you know, was an older brother, so as soon as I was old enough to be picked on, you know, I was. That happened, um, yes. So when my baby brother was born, as soon as he was old enough to be picked on, I figured I'd better do it quick because I, I knew he was going to grow up and be bigger than me really soon. <laughs> so I would do such fun, s- loving, sisterly things as, as? Um, fill the—remember when milk was delivered to the house? Oh, yes. Yes, so we had a milk box. I had a
1: milk chute. Thank
0: you. There you go. All right. I'd fill it, well, not fill, but I'd put a whole bunch in the summer of Japanese beetles into the milk box and then take it way out to the back of the yard by the shed so mom wouldn't be aware and entice my two to three-year-old baby brother to come out and see the surprise. He was terrified of Japanese beetles. Got him every time, just like Lucy and Charlie.
1: Ah, Betty Brewer, <laughs> back in the days. I confessed, yeah. I confessed. <laughs> you never did anything like that around Minnetrista, of course, out in the various walking areas?
0: No, I used to pick the Japanese beetles off the roses in the rose garden because, you know, they were pests then. Yes. <laughs> and
1: you made a note about your parents because one from Canada, one from Massachusetts?
0: Yeah, my dad was Canadian. He okay. became a naturalized U.S. citizen In the 30s or 40s, I think Um, they moved to his 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 mother had passed, and when he was about 14, his father, um, who had remarried, moved the family to Western Massachusetts. Okay, and then my mom was born in Eastern Massachusetts. In um, I think she was born in Swampscott, which Mm. is you know near Lynn. Mass, which is near Boston, you know, that area. So when she moved to Virginia and people would ask, she'd usually just say Boston because people knew where Boston
1: was. Yeah, big city, right? She
0: never lost her accent. All the years, all the decades she lived in Virginia, people knew she was from Massachusetts. And she didn't have the typical flat A Massachusetts accent, you know, the pack, the car. She didn't do that. She had the Harvard accent. No, she did not go to Harvard. That's the accent she grew up with her siblings packed the car but she parked the car
1: oh uh, and did people take notice of that they did think?
0: well they didn't they didn't they didn't understand why it wasn't the accent minutes. they were expecting but they knew it was massachusetts it's okay kind of weird yeah that's my mom but she swallowed her TL, so bottle i can't do it right but bottle kind of thing yeah i'm
1: not Capable of doing that. Thank yeah. you. I'm a Detroit-born kid. So oh well, there you go. Yeah, I know. You're,
0: so you're like Middle America vi- radio voice.
1: The radio. Well, okay. Yeah, thank close you. Close to Chicago. I you know. appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, you, being raised in Northern Virginia, I, I also made note of the fact that you made note of the fact Civil War history.
0: Oh gosh, yes.
1: You, you got into history.
0: I was raised in Manassas Park. Virginia, so Manassas, two battles, two Civil War battles, the very first Civil War battle.
1: So you were surrounded by historical artifacts?
0: I would go out into the backyard and dig. I had my own little archaeology digs going, and I would find spoons and bullets and pieces of of pottery and crockery. Literally from the war? Yeah, because that whole area for you know, tens of miles was battleground. So even though a township had grown up there many years later, it had been battleground. Of course, people think of the national battlefield that's stationed there. They think that was the only battleground, but it was much, much larger than that.
1: I don't have any concept, I guess, of growing up in an area where I could dig things up and find relics from... A major war.
0: Right. It, right in my
1: yard. It
0: it was cool. Did you collect this stuff? I did. I did. Mom's like, get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I converted her. Years later, when I was in college, I converted her to an assistant archaeologist. But yeah. not in our backyard, In at a um, colonial home.
1: Did that kind of involvement, digging things up, lead you into a path when you pondered going into college?
0: I think it had an impact. Um,
1: Because you studied anthropology. I did.
0: And of course as a kid I wanted to be this and I wanted to be that. I just I'm going through old files and tossing things right now. And I just came across a paper from elementary school where I wanted to grow up to be a reporter. Oh, really? Yeah. But I'm not sure when that changed. But sometimes certainly by, I'm going to say junior high school, if not before. Um... That shifted, and, and history had just become my, my real interest, and ancient history even more so, cultural what? civilizations, that kind of thing.
1: Back in high school, were you involved with a student newspaper of any kind or reporting? I,
0: I was, yeah. and you, I was, What did you do? I, I was um, an assistant editor for a couple of years and wrote articles for, I can't even remember, Stonewall Jackson Raiders News or something like that. So some of those articles were based on
1: your interest in history still, and tying all that in.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm just quite fascinated (laughs) by, well, but just that environment, and then how it triggered some of your interest that led to you pursuing that anthropology degree, um, which I want to get back into in a little bit more depth as you headed off to the University of Virginia. Thank you. When you went there, were you pretty much set on anthropology? Oh,
0: yeah. I knew totally. I knew going in that's what I was going to do.
1: Not even a...
0: Just, not a question.
1: Not a question, Betty Brewer says. We're with Betty Brewer, <laughs> recently retired president and CEO of the Minatrista Cultural Foundation. We're going to be back with Betty and uh, pursue this anthropology love of history on to George Washington University and find out a little bit more about her interests after this break.
0: back to WMUN's All Kinds of People with Dr. Joe.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to All Kinds of People on WMUN, the talk of Muncie. And Betty Brewer is with me on this program. Betty recently retired in December last year as president and CEO of Minatrice's Cultural Foundation. And Betty, when we took a break, We were off to the University of Virginia with you (laughs) to get your bachelor's degree in anthropology. What do you remember about pursuing that degree? And you made it pretty clear you were locked into that degree from the start.
0: I I was. Uh, My guidance counselor at high school didn't get it. Uh, She thought I should become a secretary. But uh, that was back in the day. So. <laughs>
1: and and you, you did away with the journalism idea. I did. Even I did you on the newspaper. So yep. that was gone. Yeah,
0: that was gone. Okay. Um, ancient civilizations. That was, that was my big interest in cultures, um, world cultures. I had a great world history teacher in high school. Um, so, yeah, I knew I was going to do anthropology slash archaeology. Um, Indiana Jones hadn't come out yet. So, I had already envisioned that role for myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're thinking um, ahead here everybody this I wanted to good. go to Egypt. There was a, a great Egyptologist at the University of Virginia, which helped spur my selection of of that school um, Michael Hoffman, he has he passed away too young, but he was really great. Did
1: you randomly bump into these people, or did oh, you ask for people that have the interest you no know,
0: i well i was I was looking up universities and I was somewhat limited. I mean, I was the first person in my family to go to university. Okay. Um, first generation, first person, all of those things. So, we had limited funds and everything. Fortunately, I got a scholarship that took me through all four years. Um,
1: Congratulations, good for you. Thank
0: you. Uh, but yeah, anthropology, archaeology. Um, declare. In fact, I did declare my major way sooner than most people did. Um, I didn't declare it as soon as I could have because once you declare, then you've got a guidance advisor and they start telling you what to do Um, (laughs) but I will admit I will confess my first two years even though I was taking all the introductory anthropology courses as long along with you know requirements and all the requirements stuff you know my first two years were tough I I had come out of being an A student in high school to not an A student in college, and um, was that due
1: to other interests while you were pursuing it some of this? It was
0: due to other personal things going on in my family and okay. my my life. But okay. um, I, yeah, it was it was some it was strange to me. It felt really bad, <laughs> and I considered dropping out okay. after my second year. But by my third year, even though I was still an undergraduate, I was allowed to start taking graduate level courses in anthropology, ancient civ. I took um, Near Eastern religions through the religious department and everything because there was another great professor there. And that's when the A's started coming back was when I was in the graduate-level classes. Yeah, you found your way. I found my way. and um, It's really
1: interesting to hear you talk about knowing exactly what you want to do because having been involved in universities in my lifetime... It's pretty rare sometimes to even find seniors facing graduation having a very clear picture of what they want to pursue. And you jumped in and just knew it. As long I as did. it tied into history and things, you were ready to roll.
0: History, cultures, yeah. ancient, yeah.
1: And that yeah. triggered you to move on to get a master's degree in museum yeah. studies. So now you're gonna start putting all this history stuff together. Yeah. And creating displays at George Washington University, yes? Uh,
0: well, n- not so much at the university. Actually, the, ex- no, no, no. the I... exhibits class was my 1B. What? You got <laughs> a B? I'm not a good designer. <laughs> but, but we did. Uh, we but put, collecting
1: the material for the exhibit.
0: Yes, um, that, and which led to a lot of research at the Library of Congress, which is just an awesome place to hang. Oh. Um, The reading room is just too much fun.
1: So we would find you there often?
0: Often, yes. Um, And in the library at at GW. Actually, libraries. Yeah, libraries. Libraries are good places. They've got lots of information. uh, yeah, but I, I refocused from the anthropology archaeology. That was still my, what was called the academic core okay, when I was okay. at GW. But then I did the um, degree in museum studies, which was a relatively new program. There were only about, I think there were fewer than half a dozen museum programs in the country at the time. Um, two of them were in Washington, D.C., one at GW and one at Catholic University. Um,
1: So you found yourself at a school that had one.
0: Yeah, well, again, I targeted. You know, I did my research. In a way, it was kind of like going home, you know, because I grew up just outside of D.C. Uh, That was my first museum experience was the Smithsonian Institution. Um, And that's what helped prompt the museum side of things. I learned that I was not going to end up in the field. I was not going to be Indiana Jones. I mean, he found the ark before I got a <laughs> chance to get out there. Um, oh, and so, Betty, you know. <laughs> but where does all the stuff end up? That's what I asked myself. I was like, oh, yeah, you cannot get so dirty and still play with the stuff.
1: <laughs> I just absolutely adore that kind of story. Thank you. Um, so you... You graduated with a master's degree. Um, I made a note that you went on to Owens, Owensboro Area Museum of Science and History in Kentucky.
0: I did. After some years, I, I did a lot of bouncing around in the D.C. Yeah, I area. But yeah, did some internships.
1: You went down to Texas for a while yeah. uh, as an intern, um, <laughs> administrative assistant
0: in yeah. the anthropology department. Right. But, yeah, my first um, executive director's position. Right. Was, was in Owensboro. Owensboro. I went from the Institute of Museum Services to Owensboro. Um, I, having been an anthropology student, I recognized the culture shock fairly quickly. Owensboro was quite small at the time. Okay. Um, I had been in Washington, D.C., where I could walk down 19th Street and Adams Morgan and pick an ethnicity for food, any ethnicity I wanted. I was excited when I moved to Owensboro, and there was a restaurant list that had ethnic uh, as one of the headers, and the first thing listed under it was Taco Bell. <coughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my. <laughs> so there was a little culture shock going on. There. <laughs> okay.
1: Which you adjusted to for about five years.
0: <laughs> I, I did. I did. Um, we actually relocated that museum from its original building um, near Wesleyan College, it was an 18,000 square foot facility, to downtown. Um, where things were really building and happening in Owensboro, to a seventy thousand oh. square foot facility. We didn't renovate it all at one time. We renovated about thirty thousand ish square but feet. But a big move. Clearly. Big move. Big move. And I, I um, had the honor, if we want to, if I'll put that in quotes, okay. of leading the packing up of the museum, the fundraising for the move and the actual move, all at one time.
1: Yes.
0: So we didn't your, do it in steps, we did it all agenda at one time. was full at that particular time. <laughs> it was.
1: And, and then, Delaware Agricultural Museum Village.
0: Um, yeah, I was looking to get back east okay. um, for my mother, and the Ag Museum was looking for uh, an executive. Sure. And it was different. It was different from anything I'd done before. But it had um, a 19th century constructed village. The, ha- the buildings were original.
1: So these were actual buildings.
0: Yes, but they hadn't been in that format. They had been brought from different areas of Delaware Okay. Um, to Dover, to that museum. So that was a very cool, um, not living history the way that you think of at Williamsburg, um, but uh, special events and certain activities especially our blacksmith we had a great blacksmith and a great shop there
1: (laughs) oh so that sounds like a very good addition to the resume as you then picked up and um, headed off to the whitaker center for science and arts
0: yes that was a big move um i went from being the executive to a vice president but from a museum that had a budget of about five hundred thousand to a facility with a budget of six million so that was my way of stepping up, up. into the larger institutions. Yeah.
1: And that larger institution, everybody, was the Minnetrista Cultural Center in Muncie, Indiana. Where
0: now Museum and Gardens.
1: M- museum and Gardens, <laughs> that's right. Where. Betty Brewer was president and CEO from 2005 to 2022, and we've been delighted to have Betty Brewer with us. Thanks so much, Betty, for being on the show today.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much for the invitation.
1: We hope to hear you all back next week on All Kinds of People, everybody on WMUN, The Talk of Muncie. I'm Joe Mishevitt saying have a good week.